This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Has the FBI gone woke? I think they have. It was really shameful to hear over the weekend when this terrible hostage standoff happened just outside of Dallas with clearly someone who was a fanatical Muslim who was targeting the Judaic population. And yet the FBI was dancing and prancing around it. It seemed that they were afraid to go after the Muslim community and afraid that they were saying, wait a minute, this isn't anti-Semitic. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, everybody, that we know that this gunman who has a history of making radical comments, we are now learning today that he had ties to a radical group that was actually being watched by the U.S. government. So how did he get into the U.S. to begin with? Apparently got here about two weeks ago. Who was watching it? Who approved his visa? Boy, are there a lot of questions. And then he goes into the synagogue, again, just outside of Dallas this weekend, and he says that he wants the release of this woman known as Lady Al-Qaeda, who was someone who tried to basically kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan and threaten to kill anybody who had Judaic blood. I mean, these horrible, horrible comments. And yet, for some reason, the FBI was afraid to say anything that would have looked like it was an anti-Semitic attack. They were afraid, I think, that they would have been lambasted. How crazy is it that our law enforcement is now becoming so politically correct? I want to hear your thoughts about all of this. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, we have an awesome show on deck tonight. Um, coming up in just about a half an hour or so here on the show. Today, of course, is Martin Luther King Day, a big, big day. And just a few hours ago, conservative commentator and also former Newsmax TV host Joe Pinion joined the race for U.S. Senate against New York longtime U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer. And Joe Pinion is going to join us and tell us why he felt today on MLK Day was absolutely the perfect day to announce his candidacy. He also says that he believes that Democrats have abandoned the black community, and he's going to be here to explain why and what he thinks of President Biden's voting reform bill. And also, we have GOP entrepreneur, mega entrepreneur, Blake Masters, who is going to be joining us. He's going to be with us coming up also as well, talking about Trump's first rally in 2022, Blake Masters is running for the U.S. Senate in Arizona against Mark Kelly. And he's going to be talking about what it was like being at the rally and also his own race. And what does this mean of what's ahead for President Trump? Does it look like he is going to be running in 2024? He sure sounded like a candidate. All I got to tell you when I was listening to his rally, boy, was there 2,000 times more energy than anything I have seen from President Biden in this last year. I mean, there was a guy with a pulse on the stage. He was energetic. 
patriotic and certainly knew how to galvanize the crowd. We're going to talk about all of that. But first, we are talking about this deadly standoff that happened at the synagogue. Thank goodness the person who's dead is the hostage taker and the hostages were all released. It was unbelievably dramatic this week in an 11 hour standoff. And here's a little bit of audio from the gunman inside the synagogue because it was being live streamed. Take a listen. I'm going to die. It's all right. Are you listening? I am going to die. Wow saying, I'm going to die. So that's what they were hearing. That's what law enforcement was hearing. Again, it's a synagogue not too far away from where this lady Al-Qaeda is being held there in Texas. And then the hostage taker basically told everybody to kneel down. Take a listen to more of what was being live streamed. He said he was going to shoot each of us, put a bullet in each of us. And that was the first time that he said that. And then... Just a few moments later, he said, I'm going to make you get down on your knees, get down on your knees. Wow. Unbelievably dramatic. And here is also the rabbi. This is Charlie Citron Walker. And he described how his basically active shooter training saved his life because he was able to distract the gunman. And then he and the others broke free. Take a listen. It didn't look good. It didn't sound good. We were very, we were terrified. And when I saw an opportunity um, uh, where he wasn't in a good position, I asked, made sure that the two gentlemen who were still with me, um, that they were, that they were ready to go. Uh, The exit wasn't too far away. I told them to go. I threw a chair at the gunman and I headed for the door. And all three of us were able to get out without even a shot being fired. Akram, who arrived in the. Amazing that they were able to survive and get out that way. And here's a little bit from one of the hostages, Jeffrey Cohen, who reported right away what the hostage taker was saying to them. He bought into the anti-Semitic tropes that Jews control the world, Jews control the media, Jews control the banks. And because he believed this, he genuinely thought that we could call up President Biden, that we could call up President Trump and have them release him because we're Jews and we have all this power. Unbelievable. And of course, he's talking about this lady, Al-Qaeda, who was on the FBI's most wanted list. At one point, she was the only woman on the FBI's most wanted list. This woman is one of the worst of the worst. And so they had all these pieces of information. It's at a synagogue. You know, it's at Sabbath. Um, They're hearing anti-Semitic tropes. They're shouting things. And he wants the release of a militant Muslim who hates Jews. And yet the FBI, when they come out with their statement, they basically shy away from that reference. Take a listen to what the FBI agent, the special agent there on the scene, said over the weekend that everybody all over the world said they couldn't believe that he was downplaying this. Uh, we, we, We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue 
uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community. Uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive, and, and we will continue on that path. In terms of the resolution of the incident, uh, the, the hostage taker is deceased. Unbelievable. We still don't really know all the details of how he was deceased. But why do you think that the FBI was afraid to come out and say, you know what, this was an attack amongst Jews. This was an attack against Jews. This was an attack that was clearly anti-Semitic. Why was the FBI so PC? I want to hear your thoughts about it. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Because soon after they made that statement, the whole world was coming out and going, this is outrageous. This is crazy. Why are you afraid? Are you so afraid to be labeled as being Islamophobic, to be anti-Muslim? Are you that wrapped up in political woke correctness? How sad is that? Because how is law enforcement able to be effective if they are worried about the kind of statements that they put out, that somehow they're going to be viewed as being anti-Muslim, that they're going to be viewed as being, you know, Islamophobes, that they're going to be viewed as being, you know, Muslim haters? How can they do their job if they don't come out and say, here are the facts? There has clearly, first of all, been a rise of anti-Semitic attacks all over the country. We've seen the images from California. We've seen the images in Florida and New York, all over the country. And yet this FBI is too worried about being woke. So much so that after such a long cry out from people all over the world saying, what are you talking about? They went to a synagogue. This guy went to a synagogue. They also arrested two people in England, and he was tied to a group that hates Jews, that has this fanatical Muslim, you know, anti-Jewish belief, these fanatical groups. Why are you afraid? How are we ever going to combat them if you don't call them out for what they are? If we don't say this is hate, this is anti-Semitic hate. Well, soon after that statement and this enormous outcry around the world, then the FBI put out a statement saying, yes, that it was terrorism. They concede that it was terrorism and that, yes, indeed, it does look like it was an attack against the Jewish community. I, I mean, huh? How, how come they were the last ones to say it? To me, this is really scary as someone who's been such a huge supporter of law enforcement and at a time where law enforcement really needs to be able to do their job. There are many people who are very concerned after Afghanistan because of the Taliban, what's happened, and they've been emboldened. Places like Syria, they've been emboldened. Iran, they're being emboldened. And yet we in America are afraid to call it for what it is, an anti-Semitic attack. This is deeply, deeply concerning. Here is former prosecutor Andy McCarthy giving us his take as to why. Politically correct is a, is a, a trite way of putting this, but I think for too many years, the Bureau has been hypersensitive to Islamist organizations and, the, and their demagoguery and the way mm. they react. And I think they take them to be like the voice of Muslim Americans across the country, which they're not. Uh, and they try to, you know, sort of couch their words in a way that's not offensive to those organizations when I think they should just tell us what happened. I agree. Has the FBI just gone way too PC? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael, who is in New Jersey. Go ahead, Michael, your thoughts. 
Yeah, hello? Yep, Michael, you're here on the show. Go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, this is nothing surprising. We have the, this woman that was pushed in front of a train at Times Square. Right? She, what, what was she? She was Chinese. <clears throat> now, they're saying the guy that pushed her is crazy. But who did he push? A Chinese woman. He didn't push a black woman. If he had pushed a black woman, then he can say, oh, he's crazy. He knew exactly who he was pushing. And what did the mayor say? Did the mayor say this was an anti-Asian individual, that he was a racist? Right. No, but I I hear what you're saying. In other words, what you're saying is that we need to call it for what it is when we see it. And, And, Michael, thanks for the call, because I agree that if we don't call things out, how are we going to fix what looks like a very troubling trend and if you got the you know if you got the fbi afraid to go after the perpetrators because they're afraid to how they're going to label them that is a travesty 1-800-848-9222 and you're listening to the rita cosby show rita cosby is on Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we're talking about the FBI reversing and finally admitting, it seems like they were the last ones to do so, saying that the Texas synagogue hostage case was indeed terror and that Jews were targeted. Boy, the FBI has gone way too PC and many in the Judaic population are very upset with them. Take a listen to Rabbi Shmuley Boteak. But equally shocked that special agent in charge, Matt DeSarno, actually said that this is not an issue related to the Jewish community. Are you kidding me? The hostage taker did not go to a McDonald's. He didn't go to a shopping mall. He went to a synagogue where we are only 2 percent of the population. There is a bullseye being drawn on the backs of Jews in the United States. The Tree of Life Synagogue, 11 murdered in 2018. And then we had uh, Poway, California, the same year. And he also said that this administration is really damaging things for the Judaic population because they're afraid to call out those against them. Here in New York City in Times Square, we saw Jews being beaten up in Times Square. We saw Jews being beaten up on the streets of Los Angeles and in St. Louis. Here in the United States, these things had never happened before. But the more the Biden administration legitimizes radical Islam by, for example, there may be another Iran nuclear agreement. Instead of the United States saying any regime that says they're going to perpetrate a second Holocaust, annihilate Israel, kill all the Jews, the United States will have no contact with them. We will never legitimize radical Islam, especially with its virulent anti-Semitism that says it's going to kill all the Jews. And then we have a case here right on American soil and the FBI is just tiptoeing around. Well, this is what Dove Hykend, he's with the Americans Against Anti-Semitism, had to say about it. And I'm glad that he and Rabbi Shmuley are speaking out. Was this about being politically correct? It sounds to me like there's a lot of politics these days within the FBI. They need to explain to us why they took that position. Yeah, boy, are they being way too PC. And I think... This is so damaging to any sense of crime fighting. I think it's damaging to the integrity of the FBI. 
which I think is a great agency. But if you're afraid to call it for what it is, how are you going to fix anti-Semitism? And it doesn't take a rocket scientist. This guy was with a group that apparently the world was monitoring. So how did he get in the U.S. for one thing? How did he get an illegal gun? And he goes to a synagogue and demands the release of Lady Al-Qaeda, basically telling Jews to kneel, talking about how much he hates Jews, and yet you don't want to call it anti-Semitism? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Go ahead, Alice. You're listening on The Rita Cosby Show. Hello, Rita. Hi, Alice. Your thoughts about this? What do you think about the FBI? So PC. It gets me so mad, Alice. Well, I'll tell you what I think. Ben Franklin was pop- was famous for saying the fish smells from the head down. The White House could stop this. Biden yeah, I agree. Chief, I agree. Yeah, they Biden, they need the to be tougher. Yeah, he's, yes, he's the chief law enforcement officer. That's all I have to say. And many times when I hear of something, I, I think, I wonder what Rita's going to say about this. And you hit it right in the middle of the target. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad that you're listening, Alice. Thank you so much. Beautiful to have you call in. Thank you so much. And let's go to David real quick from Los Angeles. David, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, David. Yes. Well, sadly for the Democrats and the FBI, this goes against the narrative that the real problem we're confronting is white supremacy. It's not supposed to be a terrorist of Muslim descent. You're right. You know what, David? You're absolutely right. Thank you for the call because you hit it on the head that it doesn't fit their narrative. And that's why they were afraid to come out with it. By the way, everybody today, of course, is ML King Day, MLK. And of course, coming up, we have conservative commentator Joe Pinion, who threw his candidacy in the ring against Schumer. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Back to Blue. And in our Back the Blue segment, a shout out to a Phoenix police sergeant who's being credited with quick action to help save the lives of two different children within the span of just a few days. Sergeant Courtney Fink was driving past a home for an unrelated call when she saw a frantic family with a baby. They told her that the baby had quit breathing during feeding and Sergeant Fink took quick action, giving the baby rubs to the sternum as well as rolling him back and forth. She doesn't have a medical background, but she's a mother. And then just a few days later, a similar situation happened with a different family. This time, a toddler was having a seizure at a Phoenix department store, and Sergeant Fink recalled what to do after being a 911 operator. And her quick thinking helped bring the toddler's temperature down until the medics took over. And for the sergeant, she said it was just another day on the job. Bravo to Sergeant Fink for saving two young toddlers' lives and always for supporting our great men and women in blue, whom we all love and respect so much. Well, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and it honors, I think, one of the greatest men ever in America, one of the greatest civil rights icons and advocates for freedom, Martin Luther King, who gave so many great speeches, including this one. Let freedom reign from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom reign from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. 
let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi. And boy, did he rouse a crowd. And appropriately today on ML King Day, our next guest announced his candidacy for U.S. Senate running against Chuck Schumer. And take a listen to his campaign ad. This is of Joe Pinion. He's a well-known advocate, entrepreneur, also a political news commentator, also was a host on Newsmax TV. And he said he chose this day as an African-American conservative to make a statement. I'm Joe Pinion, and I'm running for U.S. Senate here in New York against Chuck Schumer. We begin this journey on a day meant to honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. because our campaign starts where his dream remains deferred. Dignity for every single American. Very powerful. And joining us now here on the Rita Cosby Show is Joe Pinion. Joe, congrats on uh, the announcement. Why did you pick today? Well, as we say in that announcement, we begin where the dream remains deferred making sure that America works for every single soul that calls this nation home. And so when you look at what's happened here in New York State, a state of 19 million and shrinking because of policies that have been implemented and rubber stamped by Chuck Schumer, who has leveraged the power of the people to empower himself at our expense, um, you start to realize that that dream that Dr. King talked about, which was not just for black people, but for people of all colors and all creeds, is further and further away from our reach because the people who say they uphold the legacy have forgotten the actual intent of his message and his mission. And so that's why uh, we are in this race on this day and every day thereafter until Election Day because we know for a fact that our our vision is to make sure that Chuck Schumer can no longer uh, be the impetus for the pain facing New Yorkers uh, writ large. And, Joe, you've also believe that the Democratic Party has abandoned the black community. Uh, Tell us how so, because it's interesting, even in some of the polls, you see that there is some discontent. Well, look, I I tell people quite clearly, you know, one of the things my father taught me as a young age, the founding ethos of the Black Congressional Caucus, which uh, before it became entrenched in Democratic politics, was just a body of black people in the corridors of power trying to work in the interest of all black people. And their motto was quite simple. Black people have no permanent friends and no permanent interests, no permanent enemies, only permanent interests. Um, And the permanent interests of black people and Americans writ large have been pushed to decide uh, because of career politicians who want Americans obsessed with left versus right and blinding us to the pain of right versus wrong. 
And so when you have New York City being the largest slumlord in the country, not a billionaire, but New York City government, NYCHA housing, uh, where you have people exposed to lead, people exposed to elevators that don't work, people literally dying because of the neglect that is sponsored by our government. Uh, You look at people day after day after day paying more for fuel today, $400 million a day. The American uh, driver is paying more in gas than they were a year ago because of policies put in place by this president, rubber stamped by Charles Schumer. Uh, You have to understand concretely that the pain we are experiencing is a direct result of policies that have been passed by people who are not concerned about improving your life. They're truly concerned about holding on to their political standing. You know, speaking of that, I want to play a little clip, Joe Pinion. This is from President Biden, who last week, of course, was pushing um, the voting reform bill that looks like they're going to try to push forward this week, even though it doesn't look like Manchin or Cinnamon are budging uh, or others. Um, but I want to get your take from this because I found his speech in Georgia so divisive. And I have a number of African-American friends who who were really offended at his sort of either you're with us or you're basically a racist. It was so horrible. And this is something that Chuck Schumer has been sort of pushing the similar rhetoric. But first off, here is the president. And then I want to get you to react. Here's part of his speech last week. The consequential moments in history, they present a choice. Do you want to be the on the side of Dr. King? or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide, to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. And everybody, we continue now with conservative commentator, also advocate entrepreneur Joe Pinion, who just announced that he is running for U.S. Senate against Chuck Schumer. You know, when you hear that, Joe, it's so divisive. Here he is invoking MLK. Either you're with MLK or you're with George Wallace was his rhetoric. It was horrible. I mean, it would be humorous if it weren't so horrifying. Uh, When you talk about what's happening all across this country, you look at a place like Baltimore, where 41 percent of the children of the 10 high schools in Baltimore have a grade point average below a 1.0. Those are children in the grips of child abuse sponsored and sanctioned by our government. And that is not what the Democrats are talking about or anyone in our politics is focused on. Uh, When you look at the fact that we had a Justice Act sanctioned and sponsored by the senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, and this senator from our state, Charles Schumer, called it crumbs. He is, in many ways, George Wallace, standing in the doorwell of the U.S. Senate, uh, saying this shall not pass because it is not enough. I can tell you quite clearly, um, when you look at what has happened in the wake of that inaction, uh, we saw shootings go up 90 percent in New York City. We saw homicide go up 30 percent in New York City. We saw homicide hit all-time highs in 12 U.S. cities because of the three most dangerous words uttered in the modern history of politics, defund the police. And the overwhelming majority of the people who got shot or got killed in this country were black and brown people. So while Chuck Schumer and his allies on the left are kneeling in kente cloth talking about justice, it is injustice that is being visited upon black and brown people each and every single day. And so that is why we are in this race, to say that these policies have consequences. And the consequence for many people, particularly those at the bottom, black people and white people alike, uh, in many ways, 
is death and despair, and we have a responsibility to ensure that this legacy of pain finally comes to an end in this election. And before I let you go, Joe Pinney, I got to ask you about critical race theory because it was really interesting. Glenn Youngkin, as you know, who just took over the governorship um, of Virginia, did 11 executive orders. And one of them was saying no longer will critical race theory or anything like that uh, happen in his state. Um, How important of a message is that? Well, look, I think that the average person on the news, on CNN or many of these left-leaning organizations, they talk about critical race theory as if they have not an ounce of sense in their mind. When people talk about critical race theory, you need to understand it has become a catch-all for parents who simply do not want their child to come home in tears because their teacher told them that daddy was an oppressor and they possess the oppressor gene in their DNA and are irredeemable. Uh, That is all this has become. It is like Kleenex. Uh, for the tissue. Uh, It is like uh, Xerox for the copy machine. It is simply the words that families have chosen to use to express their fears. And if the left doesn't understand that it comes from a genuine place, that they don't understand that the overwhelming majority of people want all children to succeed, want all children to have the opportunity that they actually deserve, they simply don't want little Timmy being told that in order for Jamal to succeed, Timmy must be kicked off the jungle gym. Uh, That is not justice. That is not the substance of Dr. King's dream. That is injustice. That is bigotry. It's what George W. Bush called the soft bigotry of low expectations. And it's to be stricken from the record, driven out of society, and we must drive out those politicians who want us to keep clinging to policies and ideas that have never worked in the history of the world. Absolutely. And as you uh, invoke also Martin Luther King, I think about his speech, you know, talking about the content of character, not the color of skin. That's such an important message. I'm um, real quick. If people want to find out more about now the new candidate, Joe Pinion, whose name is now in the race as of a few hours ago, how can they find out, Joe? Absolutely. You can go to www.joepinion.com. Sign up to join this grassroots movement. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. I am Joe Pinion. You can find us on Twitter, Joseph Pinion, one word. Uh, But we are building a national coalition, an uncommon coalition uh, to find an uncommon solution so we can find the common ground and common purpose uh, that is required to build the more perfect union we are still seeking to this very day. Absolutely. And again, it's Joe Pinion, P-I-N-I-O-N, and uh, bravo. And you got to come back on again soon, Joe. It's great to have you here on MLK Day especially. Thank you. Absolutely. God bless. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. God bless you. And when we come back, everybody, we will take your calls. Um, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts on MLK Day? Do you think indeed that critical race theory, as you're just hearing from Joe Pinion, is divisive. I, I completely agree with him. I think it is so inappropriate. I also think that Martin Luther King, looking back now, and people who knew him, would be also looking at that and saying, you know what, let's figure out a way to come together, not be divisive at a time like this. I wonder what he would have thought of President Joe Biden's speech last week and some of his comments as well, too. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on.
Crosby Day. It is MLK Junior Day, and we were just talking with Joe Pinion, who has announced his candidacy. He is an African-American conservative, and he believes that the Democratic Party has abandoned, essentially, the black community. And that's why just a few hours ago, he announced his candidacy for U.S. Senate against New York's Chuck Schumer. It is going to be a really powerful race and a lot of big issues on the table, including one of the things he was talking about was critical race theory, also some of the division between African-Americans and other populations, how to bridge the gap. I liked hearing his message about treating everybody equal and also the message of Martin Luther King Jr. We're going to also take your calls in just a moment. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. By the way, as the Omicron variant of the COVID virus is spreading rapidly, we have to to wear a mask. And in all public spaces and in many private spaces as well, and you know what that means. We have to be wearing a mask all day. And now more than ever, it's important to protect yourself, especially from COVID and more during the flu season, which is right upon us now. Easy Flow USA to the rescue. The Easy Flow personal air filtration system. So go to easyflowusa.com. That's easyflowusa.com. Push fresh filtered air directly into your mask, allowing you to breathe normally and also so much more comfortably. It's also recommended by medical professionals everywhere and tested in an FDA-approved lab to filter 99.7% of virus and bacteria, including COVID, MS2, making your mask much more effective, drier, and comfortable for all-day wear. Bulk pricing also available for offices, everybody. So go to EasyFlowUSA.com. Just enter the promo code RADIO for 20% off of your purchase. Go to EasyFlowUSA, and that means fresh air everywhere. Callers 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts on MLK Day? Let's go to William in Central Jersey. William, your thought, especially about like critical race theory, which was such a big issue in the Virginia race. And I think it's going to be a big race all over the country. Don't you think, William? Absolutely, Rita. And I'm so happy that Glenn Young King is eliminating critical race theory from the curriculum in Virginia and giving the parents a choice of whether to wear a mask. You know, their kids have to wear a mask. You know, the parents need to know what educators are teaching our children. Children worship what their teachers tell them, and then they come home and parrot it to their parents. And, uh, you know, Martin Luther King would have never put up with this. He would have stepped, put his foot down. And I think, the you know, the left, they want to inflame these things and continue working and keeping the environment hostile. And it's not like that, the people that I engage with. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, and I think it creates division, William. That's the thing that really upsets me when I hear about critical race theory, because like you said, they hear it and they hear, okay, uh, the white is the oppressor. The other race um, needs to be appreciated. They've been, you need to be sort of scolded, minimized. It's, it's, it's not a, hey, let's, how can we all work together? How can we make this great country called the United States of America really united? Um, and it comes at a time where I think the country is so divided and it's it just, it's destructive. 
And I think it is so harmful, especially to young people, but I think it's harmful to everybody. Don't you think, William? I don't think it helps create any sense of unification or anything in terms of at a time where the country, I just think we're dealing with so much between the economy, um, you know, inflation, uh, crime. Uh, this is a time where we need to come together as Americans and not teach our kids how to hate each other because of their skin color, William. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it just bothers me because people are not like that. But the politicians, the left, they want to keep stirring the pot and keeping the hostility alive. And it's not about that. And to hear that come out of the president's mouth, I was shocked. You know, he says, you want to be on Wallace's side or you want to be on? I was like, you know, what is this guy doing? He's the leader of the free world. Absolutely. I agree. William, thanks for the call. And you're right, because I did think that Biden was so divisive. And remember, he used to go after President Trump for his comments. Um, Here, by the way, is President Trump because he was at his first rally of 2022 in Arizona. And he right away said they are also going to ban CRT. He's going to push the Republican Party to keep that message that Glenn Youngkin had and make sure it goes across the country. We will ban critical race theory in our classrooms. We will ban it in our military. We will ban it from our workplaces. And we will ban it from our federal, state, and local governments. We will restore patriotic education to our schools. And we will teach our children to love their country, honor their history, and to always respect our great American flag. And let's go to Joe. Joe, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts about all of this? Hello? Hey, Joe, you're on the show. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Well, I wanted to direct your attention uh, to Dr. Kevin McDonald. Uh, Joe, we only have a few seconds. Just real quick, your thoughts about critical race theory. Okay, well, critical race theory actually comes from uh, critical theory, which came from the Frankfurt School. It's a Marxist school of thought. Again, it's clearly uh, anti-white propaganda. It's anti-American propaganda. It seeks to divide the population along racial lines. Yeah, I agree. And, Joe, by the way, you're right. And it's very destructive. And you talk about its roots. Everybody should know where it comes from and make sure that it doesn't continue in the United States because I think it is incredibly divisive. And I wonder what Martin Luther King Jr. would say. I think he I don't think he would want it either. Is the Rita Cosby show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby show. Boy are the Democrats in trouble. That's all I got to say. When you look at some of the new polls, Joe Biden is tanking in every different direction. There's a new poll out that shows among Hispanics, he is down to a 28 percent approval rating. This is from Quinnipiac, which is, you know, well-known, often kind of a left-leaning poll, quite frankly. And in April, he had a 50 percent approval rating. So he's lost about half of that number. Boy, are the Democrats worried, particularly as we are heading into the midterms now, just a few months away. And coming up in just a few minutes here on the Rita Cosby Show, we are going to be talking with Blake Masters. He is one of the great businessmen out there, um, runs a multi-billion dollar firm, um, and also is now running 
as the U.S. Senate candidate on the GOP side in a heated race there uh, for the Mark Kelly seat in Arizona, um, going up against Mark Kelly, first going into a primary. And he was at the rally this weekend in Arizona. That was President Trump's first rally of 2022. And I don't know if you saw it. I was watching it. And the whole time I kept thinking, boy, Joe Biden could never pull out a crowd like that. Every time we've seen Joe Biden speak, first of all, he's fumbling and bumbling. I don't even know if he's going to have the energy to get through a rally. He usually has a handful of people in the crowd. And yet, if you look at President Trump, he had the place was packed. It was wall to wall. They estimated 55,000 people turned out for his first rally of 2022. And he was in his typical, rare and very spirited form and also gave a very sort of positive message about his vision and the vision of the Republican Party. Take a listen. We never talk about greatness anymore. Other countries are talking about their military and their power and their this and their that. We don't talk about greatness anymore as a country. You turn on the news and watch these fakers. They're fakers. You turn on the fake news at night and you watch what they talk about. It's all things that it's just not possible. And a country has to be thinking to the future. It has to be thinking about greatness. And we don't even think about it anymore. We don't think about it. And it's very sad. And we are going to change that around. And even in America, we're witnessing cruelties that can be scarcely and believed. They can't be believed. And, of course, what would a Trump rally be without him taking a swipe at President Biden, who, quite frankly, is pretty easy to swipe at these days? Biden's trying to bully and intimidate people with his... See how angry he gets? Anger! You've got to listen to me! Listen! Listen, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Oh, where the hell am I? Where am I? I'm not supposed to be doing this. It's a disgrace. What a contrast. And you just saw the vibrancy and the energy of President Trump and... You know, you look at sort of Joe Biden, who can barely get through a speech and does seem angry these days. We talked about his speech on the voting reform bill, that it was basically you're with us, you're a racist. Some of the rhetoric has just been so heightened. And things are so bad in the Democratic Party that Democrat stalwart and longtime Democrat consultant James Carville had this to say about his fellow colleagues saying, hey, you guys are in trouble. Those are the things that, that, that if I'm a Democrat, I, I much more care about that than, than some word in a dictionary that, that, that children are, are going to bed with a, with a full stomach and a, and a warm, you know, a warm house. I care that, that somebody, an hourly worker is not sitting there working away at 7.25 an hour. And I see these signs all over, even in Louisiana and South Mississippi, $700 signing bonus. Those are, those are real accomplishments. And there's something that you can run on. And, you, and again, you don't talk about what you didn't get. That, that's mm-hmm. what these Democrats whine too much, Chuck. <laughs> Just quit being a whiny party and get out there and, and fight and tell people what you did and tell people the exact truth. The Republican Party stands for nothing other than let's relitigate the 2020 election or let's get back at Jamie Raskin. That's it. That's the entire platform. Well, President Trump had a lot to talk about over the weekend in his first rally in Arizona. He was going after the border. He was going after mandates, um, talking about Dr. Fauci. 
There is a lot to talk about, and our next guest knows it well. He is now running for the U.S. Senate seat in Arizona as a Republican. He also has an incredible uh, business background um, and is also, I love this, Part of his campaign is raising money through NFTs. He is super high tech, and that is, of course, because he knows technology very well. He runs Teal Capital, which is a multi-billion dollar firm that invests in new technology right on the cutting edge of it all. And joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show is Blake Masters. Blake, great to have you here on the show. Rita, thank you so much. Awesome to uh, to be here. You too, my friend. And by the way, um, first off, what was it like? You were at the rally there with President Trump, um, his first one of 2022. And all I kept thinking about, it was Joe Biden, I don't think could have handled a minute or two on the stage like that. And he spoke extemporaneously for a long time. The crowd loved it. What what was the sense there on the ground? And what's your reaction to President Trump and uh, his first big rally there right in your backyard? It was amazing. It was high energy, you know, uh, more than 50,000 people. Um, And you're right. It's just the contrast between Joe Biden and President Trump could not be greater. You know, Uh, you you just couldn't even imagine Joe Biden getting more than like 200 people together in the same place. And here's, you know, President Trump first rally in 2022, tens and tens of thousands of people. Uh, it, It just it was a reminder to me of how far we've come uh, in, in this new GOP and how we're, we're not going back. Um, the president was in top form and it was just amazing. You know, um, he also talked about he is predicting a red wave. You're, of course, hoping to be part of that red wave. Um, what do you think? Um, what do you think the chances are for 2022? And do you think that it's just the sense, Blake Masters, that a lot of people in the American public are just kind of fed up with, you know, with some of the overreach of government? Um, you know, we were talking about critical race theory and mandates and um, just a whole and the sort of talking down to even by President Biden recently. Oh, absolutely, Rita. I, people are just so sick and tired of what's happening to our country. You know, we're, we're losing the country. You've got a wide open border. Uh, inflation is surging. You know, we saw what happened at that debacle uh, in Afghanistan. Joe Biden, Biden's completely incompetent withdrawal. Um, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And yet the Democratic Party doesn't care. They don't care. How are people actually doing? Um, they'd rather talk about, you know, pronouns or make sure that uh, men can you know, compete on women's swim teams. These are the kind of issues they care about. We care about, uh, do we have a country? Do we have a border? You know, can people put food on the table? Are, are people having to struggle to pay double for a tank of gas? And, um, yeah, you know, without being complacent because we have to work hard, I do think there's going to be a red wave. I think we will crush the Democrats in November. Certainly I will beat Mark Kelly uh, here in this U.S. Senate race in Arizona. What do you think in terms of President Trump? Do you get the sense he is running? I mean, he sure sounded like a candidate. Of course, he wants to probably see what happens with, uh, you know, the House and the Senate. But what do you what's your gut telling you, Blake? My gut's telling me that he will run, you know, and he just you know how presidents usually uh, towards the end of their term, you know, Obama had all the gray hair. George W. Bush had had all this gray hair. Um, It's a stressful job. Fair enough. But President Trump right now. I mean, he looks better than he did, you know, two or three years ago. It seems like he's had some time for R&R. Um, I think he's he's pissed off about what happened in 2020. And he was just in top form. You know, I remember the 2016 campaign real well, and it reminded me of that. He's in top form. I think he's uh, 
ready to go again. You know, I don't think anyone will be able to challenge him. Yeah. And the crowd, by the way, was like he had them like, I think, you know, out of the palm of his hand. I mean, the crowd was so excited. It was like sort of the old Trump rallies, you know, that he that he had. Um, and it seemed like he hadn't missed a beat. He was still playing off. He was doing his little dance, too. You know, um, he was dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he had a riff where he, he went off teleprompter and then he kind of uh, you know, broke the frame and, and talked about how dumb the teleprompter was. And he's just really funny. He's just really funny. And so I know the most important thing is like, you know, how's the president actually governing? And Joe Biden's biggest failure isn't that he isn't funny. It's that he's a bad president, right? It's a disaster. But when you see President Trump up there and he's just in top form and he's actually funny, uh, it really makes you realize what we had. It wasn't just good governance. It was funny. And so it was lively. People felt like, gosh, we should be proud uh, of, of this man and of this of this country. And um, I think it's a sign of things to come. Yeah, there was an energy, no question, and, and sort of a positivity and this sort of great sentiment. Everybody, we are talking to Arizona Senate candidate Blake Masters. You know, Blake, you touched on the border because that is obviously such a big issue in Arizona, big issue in the country. Um, how big do you think that that is going to play, um, especially like in your race? I mean, I, I people around the country are so concerned with open borders at the same time where there's this clamping of mandates, you know, um, and so many cities. And yet that border is still wide open and these flights coming in the dead of night all over the country with, you know, illegal immigrants. How key do you think that is to your race and and what you're hearing from folks there in your state? It's so key. It's so key. People, I cannot tell you, Rita, how upset people are because they know we need a border. Like you can debate how many legal immigrants we should be taking every year. But obviously the correct amount of illegal immigration is zero. That's why it's illegal. But right now we have 225,000 illegal aliens crossing the border every month, not every year, every month. Right. And this is a choice. This is a choice by the Biden administration. Um, They inherited a pretty stable situation at the border. Thanks to President Trump, all Biden and, and Kamala Harris had to do was nothing. But instead, they just reversed all of these Trump policies that were working. They created this crisis. And it's not just people. You know, coming, it's drugs. It's the fentanyl, the fentanyl that comes through uh, the southern border every month. It's enough to kill every American twice over. And Biden is doing this. They're doing it on purpose. And um, I think it's going to be the end of it. Yeah, it is so disconcerting. People are so here he is, you know, talking about security. Okay, wear a mask. And yet that border is wide open and they're not being vaccinated. It's the double standard. Um, Before I let you go, um, I have to ask you, Blake Masters, this was so neat. I'm not surprised because you are always on the cutting edge of technology. Um, I just saw that you recently raised what was like half a million dollars by selling NFTs, um, these non-fungible tokens. Um, Tell us about that, because you're really doing some very like new technology bringing into your campaign. I love it. And I think it's a sign of how important technology is. And to have that on the Republican side is refreshing. Well, thank you, Rita. Yeah, just trying to think outside the box. You know, I'm an unconventional outsider uh, candidate, and I've got a a youthful perspective, shall we say. I think, you know, the U.S. Senate average age is, is pushing 70. Um, and so I'm a millennial and, you know, I'm thinking, OK, you got to raise money because campaigns are expensive. What's a what's a good way and an interesting way to do that? Well, Peter Thiel and I had written a best selling book called Zero to One about startups and, and technology. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of a lot of fans because of that book. And so I sold uh, 100, 99 
NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Uh, we charged $5,800 for each of them. And you can think of each token as kind of like a, a pass to get into this fan club. And so now we have a cool chat room. We're going to throw some parties. You know, there's some real-world benefits. It's not just this digital asset, um, you know, but, but a lot of people are into this stuff, cryptocurrency and whatnot. And so I just wanted to think outside the box and do something that my competition, you know, not only wouldn't think of, but wouldn't be able to do. And then, you know, boom. We did it right, and 36 hours later, uh, raised about $550,000. Bravo, and I think it's so cool, and it's refreshing to see millennials also getting into the race. Um, you've had an incredible background, by the way, in business and in so many different levels. Obviously, the book, too, as well. Great to have you here, Blake Masters. you got to come back on again soon, okay? And good luck with your race. Anytime. Thank you so much, Rita. Thank you, Blake. U.S. Senate candidate Blake Masters running there in Arizona against Mark Kelly. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What are your thoughts about how big an issue the border will be in this election? And also, if you saw the rally, I was watching it. I was glued. Do you believe that President Trump is coming back? And boy, what an energy level difference from the current president. 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. We are talking about President Trump's first rally in Arizona, and it was a massive one in Florence over the weekend. More than 50,000 people showed up, and there were long lines for people to get in. And we were just talking with Blake Masters, who is a GOP U.S. Senate candidate and running against Mark Kelly in Arizona and others in a very contentious race. The big issue there, a lot of issues, as you just heard, but one of them is the border. And that is one of the things that President Trump touched on in great detail during his rally on Saturday. Take a listen. One of our very top priorities will be to stop the flood of illegal aliens across our southern border. Under my administration, with the help of two great men, these are great men, Tom Homan. Did you ever hear of Tom Homan? You never want to get in a fight with Tom Homan and Mark Morgan. These are two great men, and they had help from others. We did such a job in the border. They knew exactly what they were doing, and we did that job. And as I said before, we had the greatest and most secure border in U.S. history. All Biden had to do is go to the beach. Just go to the beach. But Biden couldn't go to the beach. And in fact, I don't even know if he could get on the stage. I mean, I really was watching. It's funny. You, you watch President Trump and you go, boy, look at all that energy compared to President Biden, who just seems lethargic, seems tired, seems angry. And here's a little bit more of President Trump talking about people who are in this country have to really love what America stands for. People that are illegally admitted to our country have to share If they're staying, they have to share our values. They have to love our country. They cannot blow up our country. They have to love our country. They have to love our people. 
And let's go to your calls real quick. 1-800-848-9222. Carol from New Jersey. Carol, your thoughts about this? Hey, Carol. Hi, how are you? Hi, Carol. Uh, what What do you think? Real quick, uh, what did you think of Trump? He sounded like he was on fire. Oh, he's got a vibrancy that uh, is unbelievable, really. And I think that Blake Masters is going to do quite well in Arizona. I do, too. I do, too. And, yeah. Carol, you know what? Also, I just find him refreshing, exciting. It's nice that a millennial's engaged. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, Charles McGee, General Charles McGee, one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen died yesterday morning, and he was 102 years old. McGee was a living legend known for his kind-hearted and humble nature who saw positivity at every turn, his family said in a statement that they released. Over the course of his historic career, McGee successfully completed 409 air combat missions across three different wars, World War II, Korea, and Vietnam, serving a total of 30 years of active service. I had the honor of meeting Charles McGee a number of years ago at a couple different military events. He was always humble and just always so grateful to be an American. The Tuskegee Airmen were the first black military aviators in the U.S. Service Corps. And how beautiful uh, to be able to have a living legend among us and for him to be 102 years old. Well, this weekend, we saw President Trump in action. And by the way, one of my favorite parts of the rally this weekend, if you saw it in Arizona, first of all, it was packed, 55,000 people. But one of my favorite moments was when some of the veterans were saluting the president. You could just tell that he has such an appreciation of the military. There's such a bond with the military. And he was shouting out, hey, veteran, hey, veteran, I see your hat, I hear veteran. And there's some beautiful pictures of the veterans saluting with him. And you could just tell that he misses the presidency and he was in rare form and seems like he is gearing up to come back. Um, we had him here also, by the way, on the show, remember, um, God, it's been almost a couple months ago at least. And at the time he said, I think people will be very, very happy. I pushed him. You guys know me. I pushed him hard. And he said, no, I think he'll be very, very happy. And he sure looks like he is a guy who is planning to run. He's probably waiting to see what happens with the midterms. Will they take back the House and Senate, the Republican side? And President Trump thinks that it will be a red wave in 2022. And that would certainly open the door for someone like him to run in 2024 and obviously announce it maybe soon after the midterms, if indeed that happens. And sure, he was on fire this weekend. And of course, he did not hold back in his criticism of Pelosi, Schumer and many others. Take a listen. But upon taking office, Biden caved to the radical left and he did a job on so many things like the Paris Climate Accord, which rips off our country and canceled the Keystone XO pipeline while, as we said, approving the Russian pipeline. Every item 
on the Pelosi-Biden-Schumer agenda is crazier and more delusional than the last. And then he also got to the coronavirus. And boy, it reminds us of how President Trump was tough with China. And this president is like, oh, I talked to Xi Jinping and he asked him how the weather is. Here is President Trump and what he said he would do. We will hold China accountable for unleashing the virus and charge them trillions of dollars for the damage and suffering. They have caused us. But look at what they've done to the world, what they have done to the world. And what would a Trump rally be without a swipe at the good old Dr. Fauci, who seemed to give wrong information during Trump's time? He's sure all over the place now, too. Fauci fought like hell to not close it to China and then admitted that we saved tens of thousands of lives because I closed it in January very early. Then we closed it to Europe. But the problem is I didn't listen to him, but Biden's made him the big the big person. He's like the king. Fauci's the king. And he sure has made him the kingmaker. And President Trump said, you know what, all these proclamations, all these mandates, and some of them, of course, which the Supreme Court shot down last week. Well, he said, you know what, he would run things very differently. This is how he proclaimed himself. But I'm proud that I was the anti-mandate president, and we have great successes in Texas and Florida and, frankly, in Republican, almost all Republican states throughout the pandemic. I fiercely resisted mandates of any kind and always and always will. We have to. Boy, a lot of things to list for this president. Again, border, Afghanistan, the list could go on and on. And this sure is an interesting time for a Republican to run against President Biden. And if you look at some of the new polls, again, uh, the Gallup is showing that there has been a big shift just in who people prefer You know, in 2022, Democrats are down seven points. GOP are up seven points um, because people are fed up. They're fed up when they're looking at the economy. They're looking at crime. They're looking at some of the policies of a number of these liberal DAs uh, like Gascon in Los Angeles, like the guy in San Francisco, like the guy in Philly and like Alvin Bragg in New York. And they're also looking at the open border, and the list could go on and on and on. The number to call is 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Do you think there will be a red wave? And do you think that President Trump will be leading that red wave, not just in 2022, but in 2024? It's 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Jimmy who's on the show here. Jimmy, your thoughts about it all. What do you think? I think Trump rally. I'd love to see one. You know, I got to see Elvis Presley live at Madison Square Garden. I've been to four or five Rolling Stones concerts. To me, it looks like there's nothing like a Trump rally. And I'm really glad he didn't say at the end that he didn't say we defeated communism, because I think now he realizes we didn't. I love Trump, but I'm not a person. I'm not a groupie. I'm not a person who idolizes people. 
but I really like Trump. I think he's cool. He's the kind of guy you could hang out with and probably have a good time laughing and everything. Yeah, he's very, Um, by the way, Jimmy and I've met him obviously many, many times, very personable, um, very, pretty much what you see on the stage is what you get in in person. Um, And also very also serious about the country, very committed. I mean, he talks about his love of the country, his love of veterans, and he did that, you know, used to talk about that well before he even announced he was running for president. Not a rich snob. No, not a rich snob no like he's the kind of guy who would like person. to sit down with a beer. You know, you can see him talking to the union workers just like the CEOs. Uh, Jimmy, thanks for the call. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Stan, your thoughts about uh, President Trump's rally? <laughs> I'm nauseous from the last call. Interesting. Uh, are, are you nauseous over me or of the caller, Stan? Which one? Not you, not you. Thank you, Stan. I love on, you, I Stan. Get that Thank out right you. Away. Not, no, I'm nauseous. <laughs> call, of course. Uh, but Jimmy's a great guy. Jimmy loves yeah, Trump, yeah. and he equated he's him legit. to Elvis. He's Joe McCarthy's illegitimate son. He's with communism. He sees it everywhere. Please, I don't want to talk about him. Anyway, uh, the speech was a joke. Uh, I asked. You why did you think? You why did you think it was a joke, Stan? Why it did you think it was a joke? Yeah, you talked to immigration. He said immigration. How many did he throw out, uh, Rita? You said you were going to get those numbers. You never did because he didn't throw out anybody. You said you were going to get those numbers for me. You never did. We'll get but the numbers, but I know for a fact they're a heck of a lot more than the ones you see in this country. Stan, do you realize almost two million people came to the United States, crossed the border? Those are the ones they know about this year. Stan, 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 hang on. What do you think of these flights in the middle of the night that come in all over the country? They come into New York. They come into Tennessee. They come into Arizona in the dead of night. You don't think that's kind of fishy? Of course it's fishy. But how many did he throw out of this country during his four years? You don't have a number because there ain't no number. He didn't throw out anybody. Oh, no. he Well, he blocked a lot of people because you know what happened? Stan, you don't think his – Stan, you don't think his rhetoric – First of all, he did throw out a whole bunch. I'll get you that number. I'll be happy to. Uh, yeah, and second, Stan, guess out. what? I had a few other things on my plate since your call. All right, Stan, believe it or not. Second of all, but I will get you that number because I appreciate sure. it. Sure. But second of all, don't you think his rhetoric also prevented people because they got a message? Do not. His, rest, his rhetoric was like, don't come to the U.S. border. We're going to turn you around. We're building a wall. Don't you think that turned people off from coming as opposed to no, they weren't walking? Stan. Anyway, Stan, did you see? Did you see people walking around with "I love Trump" T-shirts? Because there's a lot of Biden's "Our Greatest President Ever" T-shirts out there. Especially those people under Del Rio when they were under the bridge, they were all saying, "We love Biden." Nobody was saying that about Trump. Blind leading the blind—that's what it is. Anyway, his other story about uh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Nobody complained about him when he was at the Trump administration. No one said anything. Oh, yeah, they did. Stan, Stan. Oh, they sure did. By the way, Stan, Stan, they they absolutely did. Even the president said things. Yes, Stan, 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 you got to go back. I'll check that number. But you got to go back and check about 500 videotapes where President Trump actually was questioning Fauci almost right in front of him. It was the weirdest thing because you could tell he was fed up with Fauci, and it was very, very transparent. You do that, I'll get you the number, and we'll get back to you. I love you, Stan. Let's go to Bill in Long Island. Bill, go ahead. Bill, your thoughts about it all? All right. Hello? Hey, Bill, you're here on the show. You just heard Stan hated the speech. Stan, but, but, but Stan, I think, hates everything. So go ahead, Bill. I I just want to say one thing and impress it 
on on what I'm saying is the American people, the sane ones, are so mad at this administration. If you talk about a wave, I'm t- it's going to be a tidal wave that's going to be uh, about 100 miles large when it comes to uh, November 2nd. I agree. I agree. And actually, yeah, it's a few days later, but you're right, um, because it is absolutely going to be, I think it's a red wave. I think they're in trouble. I think that they've got a lot of issues. And I think if you look at the list and people don't feel safe, they don't feel secure, and they don't feel they have a lot of money in their pocketbook. And that is, you can tell every Democrat out there is worried. You see also an exodus. I mean, there's like 20 of them already who basically said, we're not going to be running because they know that they don't want to face the onslaught. Um, let's go to Ted in Forest Hills. Ted, your thoughts about it. Go ahead, Ted. Hello. Hi, Ted. You're here on the show. Go ahead, oh, yeah. Ted. Thank you very much. Listen, uh, about Stan, only a fool would argue with a fool. Uh, President Trump and Aristotle, I think they're twins. Uh, President Trump is the master of those who know. We live in an evil world. China and Russia are looking to attack us. There's only one person I know in the universe who can save us. That is President Trump. We need to rearm. We need to keep uh, China from attacking our enemy, our uh, allies, and we need to keep uh, our economy growing. Well, you know what's amazing, Ted? You know the rhetoric you hit on, because when you hear President Trump, you hear of somebody who talks about protecting America, protecting the homeland, um, watching out. I mean, the fact that this administration has given China such a free pass on the coronavirus is shocking. And and it goes back again. You sit there and you kind of go, oh, wait a minute about Dr. Fauci. How come he's not pushing for it? You know, how come he's not trying to figure it out? How come President Biden isn't trying to figure it out? I mean, there are so many unanswered questions, and it shocks me that we have a president who is sitting on the phone with the leader of China, and he says his good friend, they're old friends, they've known each other a long time, and yet he doesn't ask him about the virus. And yet when you hear President Trump at the rally, it's like he's not even being asked. He's just like, we're going to hold China accountable. And that's why China didn't like him. China doesn't like being held accountable. But guess what? The president of the United States is exactly that, protecting America, protecting America's homeland and anything else, I think, does an unbelievable disservice to America. We have to be first and foremost. We have to care about our citizens. We have to care about our country, not worried about, oh, is China going to like us or not? You know, what about liking ourselves and what about beefing up America and making it safe? And that was the sentiment that I absolutely heard from this president. Let's go to Ann. Ann, your thoughts real quick here. What did you think, Ann, of President Trump? Hello. Hi, Ann. What did you think? Go ahead, Ann. Uh, Rita, just want to tell you really quick. Um, I just retired from a law firm I was at for 40 years, and Donald Trump had been one of our clients. He is the most amazing man. But see, when I watch him, being in his company and knowing the way he is, he played the media so – I mean, I was hysterical laughing. They would be talking about his hair, and he'd be out doing things for the country. I mean, I I saw that as clear as day, and I'm like – the media is so stupid. They didn't even get it. 
they didn't know him. Yeah, and, and, they, and also they didn't oh. care. You know, you know what's interesting, Ann? I mean, the Biden administration privately is sort of complaining that Joe's getting a tough ride from the media. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, compared to what Trump got? You know, it, it's just, it is unbelievable, the contrast. And you said he worked for you or was a client? What kind of business? He was one of our clients. And let me be very clear about this. He paid all his bills. Well, that, was what, what was the, what was the, what business? What was it? Uh, well, I don't want kind to of what, not, not the name of it, it what the type of business. It was uh, real estate development. Oh, interesting. Really interesting. No, it's always good to hear. And, and, and I've known him for 20 plus years. And I feel like what you see up there is what you get. And uh, obviously, you experience the same thing, too. Um, and thanks very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. What did you make of President Trump's rally and his prediction that the Republicans will take the White House this year, rather the Senate and the House this year, and then take the White House in 2024? Is a big red wave coming, and is President Trump the surfer at the helm? Rita Cosby is on. And we are talking about President Trump's first rally of 2022. And boy, he sure sounded like a candidate for the White House and also someone who can certainly energize the base. Again, it was a sea of people. And all I kept thinking is President Biden would be able to get maybe a handful of them out there if he would stay awake enough. Anyway, here is what President Trump predicts is going to happen for Congress this November. But this November, we have a chance to do something really spectacular, to bring these Marxist monstrosities to a screeching halt. A great red wave is going to begin right here in Arizona, and it's going to sweep across this country, and it's going to wash hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of Democrat socialists out of office with an unstoppable surge of Republican patriots. And by the way, he is going to keep going. He's got another one in just about two weeks or so in Texas. And boy, I don't think there's anybody else in the Republican Party that can galvanize the base, get people out. And no wonder the Democrats keep trying to say Trump, 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 Trump at every turn. Anything they could do to try to knock him out because they know he is a huge political threat and certainly a force to be reckoned with. one 800 848 one 800 848 Let's go to Sean in Brooklyn. Sean, your thoughts about this. Go ahead, Sean. Yes, hello. Yep. Hi, Sean. What did you think of the rally and, and what are your reflections? Well, first of all, when you talk about the border, you have to realize, one, when you have no border, you have anarchy. That's one. Number two, on Mr. King's day today, unfortunately, people don't know that Mr. King was against reparations. He wanted everyone to prosper. Everyone. And he actually used to speak out against when people were rioting in California in the 60s in New York. That's number two. Number three, people need to realize that Burger King murder, the guy was an illegal alien. 
Well, and you know, a lot of people are talking about that and other crimes that have happened, by the way. And, and you're right. Uh, we have to have borders. You have to protect the sovereignty of the country. You got to screen people. You got to vet them. Um, speaking of which, the, the case we were talking about in the synagogue in Texas, the guy came over on a visa, yet he was part of a group that was being watched for terrorism overseas. How did that happen? So they clearly are not doing a very good job protecting border and American sovereignty. I hear you, Sean. Thank you so much. Um, Let's go to Sarah in Florida. Sarah, your thoughts about Trump's rally. Go ahead. Hey, Sarah, can you hear me? Yes, I'm hearing you. Yeah, Sarah, what did you think about Trump's rally this weekend? Oh, it was electrifying. It was so refreshing. And you know what? We wouldn't have a red wave. We would have a red tsunami. <laughs> yeah. So do, what do you think? Did you hear a candidate Trump there? Because I, I oh, hear yes. also, I hear someone who not only is pushing a red wave, you know, in the Senate and the House, of course, that comes up in November. But then right. after that, you know, it's going to be then then the real heated part with the presidential race gets going. I hear a guy who is trying to make sure the Republicans in either House and Senate and leadership or both, um, and then will make a decision almost soon after. And if things go the way he expects and the way the polls look, yeah. I think he's yeah. going to go in, Sarah, don't you? I you think he's going to be all in. You know, you, know, you know what, our beloved president, because he is my president, what he's going to do, not only save America, he'll save the entire world. And he can galvanize them. Boy, didn't you hear? At least we have a, this guy has a pulse. You know, talk about energy level times 10,000 to our current president. Right, Sarah? You, like you, I was glued to my TV. Yeah, me too. I was transfixed. And boy, he hit a lot of really, really key big issues. Sarah, thanks so much for the calls. Thanks for the calls, everybody. And I agree with you, Sarah. He is galvanized. He seems excited. He looked fit. He looked tan, and he looks like a guy who is ready to win. First, the House and the Senate, and then it looks like the White House for President Trump. It's been great being with you guys, and everybody, you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.